Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. lights up this morning. We're going to get into the word of God this morning. You have already made the best decision that you could have made today. You made it to the house of God. Give yourselves a round of applause this morning. You could have slept in. You could have um, gone out to breakfast this morning. You could have just turned on the TV and vegged out today, but you made the decision to come to the house of God. Good for you. Good job. I just wanted to say that this morning. Good job. Um, For those of you that don't know, we are currently about halfway through our summer series called The Gospel Centered Life. And for those of you that don't know, my name is Pastor Jenny. Uh, we are my husband, uh, Pastor Lionel. I don't know where he is currently. He's serving on the safety team this morning. But we um, have the honor and the pleasure to be one of the associate pastors here at the Building Christian Fellowship. And um, we're just, I just love my church. I don't know how you feel. Like, I really do look forward, not just coming to church because I know that when I come here, I'm going to encounter the presence of God, which is like, first and foremost, the most amazing part of being here on a Sunday morning. But second of all is that I get to see and be around my family. And um, there's nothing like being connected to a family, being a part of a family. There's some of us in here that, that recognize what it's like to not have a connection with your family. Um, we are uh, parents of an adopted child And I don't even like to say that because she's just our child. Um, She's just always was meant to be a part of our family. God designed it that way. He makes up families in different ways all the time. Um, None of us, none of the families all look the same. You know, some are tall, some are short, some are skinny, some are large, some are, you know, black, some are white, some are whatever, funny, some are serious, some are all the different things. Every family looks different, but there's one thing we, that's important for us to remember is that we find our identity in that family that we're placed into. And so sometimes I know it's hard when we're not, when we don't experience that connection with a family, sometimes we struggle with our own identity. Um, but here at the Building Christian Fellowship, that's why we constantly, you will constantly hear us talking about and encouraging you to get connected. Identify with a part of a family. You know, Not everybody can come to the Building Christian Fellowship, and the Building Christian Fellowship isn't necessarily the perfect fit for every person. But if you're here this morning and you're looking for a place to be connected, we just want to encourage you. Maybe you've been coming for weeks and weeks or months and months, but you haven't had the courage quite yet to make that that commitment like uh, we saw Marco make this morning. Man, we encourage you. Come get connected. We're just waiting on you. We, we are excited to have you be a part of our family, and we know how valuable and how important that is. Amen? Amen. All right, so we're talking about the gospel-centered life this morning. We're on part four. Part four. Um, we've gone through week one, which was uh, 
the introduction. I had the pleasure of, of introducing this series to everybody at the beginning of the summer. And we called that message, Don't Forget, because there's so many times when uh, we get saved, we start walking out this relationship with Jesus, and before you know it, we're, we tend to be a people that can be forgetful. We tend to be a people that can take things for granted after a while. And when we get, as we get used to things, sometimes before we know it, we can forget. Or it's maybe not necessarily even forget as much as move things down on the priority list that used to be up at the top. And the, the whole point of this whole series is that the gospel should be at the very top. In fact, it is the list. It is the priority list. Week two, we talked uh, about beware of the drift. Pastor JR brought the word, brought the fire that week. And we talked about, again, um, that's where he introduced the, the concept of um, performing and pretending, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And then uh, Atira, our minister of music, she brought the word and talking about believing in God. But she even further went into how easy it is for us if we're not careful um, our tendency is to either fall into the ditch of performing or the ditch of pretending and how both can be very destructive in our walk with God. And this week, you guys, week four da, 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 is going to be we're going to talk about the law and the gospel. I like to I've renamed this chapter, though, for us today for for the point being is that it's going to be delight instead of a duty, okay? We're gonna talk about delighting instead of doing things out of duty, all right? We're gonna get into it this morning, but the first thing I wanna say is just, um, I wanna scan the room, because I need to make sure everybody's with me this morning, that, that we're paying attention, that we're involved in what's happening here this morning. So I'll, I need a show of hands, okay? Can everybody do that? Yeah. Okay, I, I got three people that can do it, all right. Well, you three people, um, I need a show of hands across the auditorium this morning. How many of you would consider yourself a proud rule follower? Thank you for the one proud rule fo fellow rule follower. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else in the room think there would, would yes, rule, rule followers? Thank you. I see you. I see you, my people. Rule followers, okay. And how many in this room you would consider yourself a proud rule breaker? <laughs> I knew Donald's hand would be the first one. <laughs> There's usually, and then I see some people like Pastor Jr. That's so you. He's like, I'm kind of in the middle somewhere, you know. Yeah, and I got a, 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 in the middle. Yes, there's some of us in the middle. But usually, if you're a rule follower, like there is some. You're proud of the fact that you know every rule and you can quote it and you can follow it, right? There's just something about it. And then if you're a rule breaker, usually there's something about it that you're like really proud that you do not know the rules. You don't know a single one of them. And if you did, you would do the exact opposite of what the rule is. Like very proud of that. That's usually, a, there's a lot of that when we consider ourselves one or, other, one or the other. So when we open up the Bible at first glance, especially before we've gotten saved or maybe we've never grown up in church, we don't really know anything about it, the tendency is when you have a book in your hand is to open up and start reading from the beginning, 
right? So if you start reading through the Bible, which could be a mistake if you're a brand new Christian or just starting out reading the Bible, and if you have questions about where you should start, come see one of the pastors, one of the elders, somebody at the Welcome Center, and we'll help you out with that. Because it it would get really easy after a while, if you started out in the beginning, to get bogged down with all the rules. A lot of us have heard, you know, that the Bible, we quote it as basic instructions before leaving earth, right? It's just an instruction book. It's full of a bunch of do's and don'ts and tells you how you're supposed to live your life. And that's what we think the Bible is at first glance, right? And don't get me wrong. There's a lot of rules talked about. There's a lot of do's and don'ts talked about. But we need to understand the purpose of all of that. And the thing is, sometimes to some of us rule followers, okay, we can have a tendency these rules, and even those of us that are rules breakers, those rules can tend to be an obstacle to our faith. Because we're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I was taught that I'm saved by grace, right? Not by works, not of anything that I can do myself. So what are all these rules all about? And I admit that even in my, you know, rule-following life, I often struggled to understand how the law of God and the gospel of God relate to one another. Because growing up, my tendency was generally to be a rule follower. I followed most of the rules. And when I got saved, I learned about Jesus and I learned about grace. And the thing that a lot of times, you know, people who are rule followers tend to have that perfectionist personality too. I'm not saying that 100% of the time that it works that way. But for me, I felt a lot of pressure to follow rules because I thought I had to be perfect in order to be accepted. And so the thing that was so attractive to me about Jesus was hearing about this man, Jesus, was that like, finally, someone loves me and accepts me, not because of anything I do or don't do, not because of any performance or pretending that I do, not for any good or bad that I do or don't do. He just loves me. Like that was so attractive to me. I couldn't help but run to the altar when someone described what this, there's somebody out there. And that's not to say that I had hard parents or that someone, you know, people didn't like me. I just had this wrong thinking at some point in my life that like I had to do everything, had to be the best at everything, had to do everything perfectly or someone wasn't going to like me or they weren't going to accept me. I don't know if there's anybody else that can relate to that this morning. So I knew that I, I had come to know that I was saved by grace, not by works, not by being a rule follower, but I still, even in knowing that here, in my head and knowing that's what the word said, I still struggled with feeling like I had to still make sure that I was following all the rules because there was this tremendous guilt that would come on me if I didn't or this pressure that I wouldn't be accepted still, even though I knew better in my mind. So when we struggle to understand the relationship between the law and the gospel, we end up having these two kinds of beliefs. One is legalism, and that's generally us rule followers, right? That's Legalism means that you continue to live under the law, believing that God's approval is somehow dependent on your conduct. Even though we might know there's still that part of us that's like, I got to follow all the rules, and everybody else needs to follow all the rules, and I need to make sure I point it out to them when they're not. 
in order for us to be accepted by God. That's legalism. And I know all the rule breakers are in here going, yeah, see, that's why you shouldn't be such a rule follower. That's why I'm the way I am. Well, listen up. Because you got some destructive thinking too. The other type of belief that we can fall into is license, meaning we dismiss the law, believing that since we're under grace, God's rules, they don't really matter much. I could follow them, I could not follow them. It doesn't really matter because I'm under grace now. You know, that tendency to want to break all the rules or just not follow the rules. How, how do these things coincide? Because I know there's an Old Testament and there's a New Testament to my Bible. And when Jesus came, they didn't throw away the Old Testament. I've, I wondered that for a long time because I'm like, if we're not under this, these same laws anymore or restrictions anymore, why do we still have an Old Testament? And then I was like, well, is it so that there's some good Bible stories to tell the kids in Sunday school? We can read about David and Goliath and Samson and Delilah and read about creation and Adam and Eve. Like, is it just supposed to be a history lesson for us? And then we get into the real stuff in the New Testament. Both of these types of belief, legalism and license, they're both equally destructive. We need to see that the two things marry together, that the, the law and the gospel work together. There is a relationship between them. We don't just do away with one or the other. Let's look at legalism in the New Testament. Galatians chapter three, verse three. I love this. I'm reading it from the NLT. It says, how foolish can you be? After starting your new lives in the spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? That's legalism. And we've been called a fool if that's the way we believe. Just quoting you what the word says. Now let's look at license in the New Testament, Romans chapter 6. Verse 15 says this. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not, exclamation point. So the legalistic beliefs have been called foolish and pretty much by adding that exclamation point at the end of the verse there, Paul is also calling those of us that think we're just free to live however we want now that we're saved. Also, that's a foolish way of thinking. Of course not. Of course not. That means why would you even consider it as if the rules don't matter anymore? Let's see how these are related, though. Let's leave here this morning understanding the relationship between the law and the gospel. Amen? Are you with me? Okay. All right. So both ways of thinking and believing are destructive to us understanding and embracing the gospel. To avoid these pitfalls, we've got to understand the relationship between the law and the gospel. And although what I'm going to say, the concept is very simple. It's one sentence long. It's going to go up on the board here in just a second, up on the screen, Sometimes it's the hardest thing for us to grasp as believers. But listen to this. This is the relationship between the gospel and the law. The law drives us to the gospel, and the gospel frees us to obey the law. The law drives us to the gospel, and the gospel frees us to do the law. Okay? 
We understand? We got that? We're going to get deeper, a little bit deeper into it because I want us to not just memorize something. You know, I was really good at memorizing things in high school so that I could get a good grade on the test. But if you asked me a week later about what I got tested on, I would not remember because I didn't, I memorized it, but I didn't understand it. And that's what we do with the word a lot of times. Just like this, I don't want you just to memorize a statement because it was made on the board. I want us to understand this morning. So when we realize all the things that God expects of us, like if you start reading the Bible from page one and you get through all those Old Testament requirements, it's more than just the Ten Commandments, y'all. There was a law full of, I don't even know, maybe Pastor Donald knows or Pastor Tira or somebody, but or Pastor J.R., how many laws there actually were. But there were so many laws that it was absolutely impossible for anybody to obey all the laws all the time. Absolutely. No possibility whatsoever. I think we're all self-aware enough to know that we can never be good 100% of the time. Because if that's what you think, you've already lied to yourself, and boom, you broke one of the laws. Lying, okay? All right. So we've got that clear. Um, But when we recognize all the things that are expected of us and we know that we can never measure up, that's what first pulls us to Christ. Like a magnet draws us to him. And once we're united with Christ, once we've accepted um, the gift of salvation, then the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of us. Our spirit man is awakened and becomes alive and our spirit and the Holy Spirit are in constant fellowship with one another on the inside of you. Did you know you had all that life going on on the inside of you? We do. And once we're united with Christ and the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of us, the Holy Spirit is what causes us to delight in God's law. And it's what gives us the power to do it and to obey it. Like, I feel like Holy Spirit is, you know, so important and so value to, valuable to the Christian life and he gets so little recognition. Thank you for singing that song this morning. He is the one that Jesus left for us so that we would not be alone after he left this earth. And he's not just with us like Jesus was with the disciples walking the earth. The very spirit of God is living in us now, which means he's not just with us when we're together at church. He's with us when we go to the grocery store. He's with us when we go to school. He's with us when we go to our jobs. He's with us when we're hanging out with our family. He's with us at all times. And we need to be aware of his presence and acknowledge it in our lives. Whew. And here's the thing. We can't keep the law. We've already established that on our own. But that's why he gave us Holy Spirit. Not only does he cause us to delight in the law, the law that sounded so tedious and so hard and so difficult and was so overwhelming. Now it's like all of a sudden there's this joy, a delight that comes. It's not a duty or an obligation to us anymore. We're excited to do what God says. The law cannot be kept by our own power. I feel like I've said this in a million different ways already this morning. In our own power and our own strength, that's why we've been given the Holy Spirit who works in us. Just knowing what God requires of us, it's not enough. 
Like we can read the Bible and we can memorize all the laws, but just knowing them is not enough. And simply obeying them because we know it's what we're supposed to do, it's not enough. Because I know what I'm supposed to eat, you guys. Okay? I know I'm supposed to exercise regularly. All right? I know this. But I have this other side of me that really enjoys potato chips and pizza and all the other yummy things that I think are so good, ice cream, whatever. And there's this other side of me that would rather sit on the couch and turn on the TV than go and exercise. Like, I know that about myself. So no matter what, there's nothing in me that will ever uh, be enough to obey all of God's laws. Truly fulfilling the law means obeying God out of delight and not out of duty because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. So let's turn to Psalms chapter 40, verse 8, and we'll see exactly. I love, 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 love the book of Psalms. It says, I delight, I delight to do your will, oh my God, and your law is within my heart. That's, you can tell this is someone that has um, a relationship with God and not just a religion of do's and don'ts. Religion says this is what you need to do and this is what you don't need to do and that's it. But we have the wonderful um, blessing and privilege of being able to have a real relevant relationship with Jesus Christ. I'd much rather have a, a relationship with Jesus than just a religion. I'd much, much rather, from the other perspective, I'd much rather be a parent who has a relationship with my child and not just um, a religion, meaning like that they're not just a programmed robot that does whatever I say. I want, the, the, I want my daughter, and I realize that this takes time and training over and 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 over again. But, you know, my desire is that my daughter comes to a place that she understands that we have a relationship and that I love her so much that I provided her with some rules and some guidelines in her life in order to protect her and to provide for her and not to just take away all her fun and tell her what to do on a power trip. I want to be powerful in her life because she knows how loved she is rather than her be powerful because she's fearful of me. She's afraid of me because I've threatened her. If you don't do this, this is what the consequence is going to be. And don't get me wrong. There are always consequences to our actions and, and all of that. But when it's all said and done, there's a difference. I can tell when she does something that I've asked her or instructed her to do she has, is obeying me on the outside but on, because she doesn't want a consequence for not doing it. But on the inside, she's thinking, um, when I'm older, I don't, I'm not going to do all this and listen to her and do all the things she says I have to do. Like, there's, there's a difference, I know. She says it a lot. Like, I wish, I want to be an adult I want to be on my own. I want to be a grown-up because she thinks that... I, I keep telling her, you guys. I'm telling her. Like, it's not all it's cracked up to be, okay? 
It's nice when someone else is responsible for you, okay? Let's just, we won't get into all the details, but when someone else cooks all your food for you, cleans up after you, make sure you get to where you need to be on time, make sure you have a nice clean bed to sleep in, all those things. Like, it's nice when someone else is doing all that. And the fact that they tell me I gotta go brush my teeth, okay, yes, please, let me do that, mother. Yes, let me do that, father, because you take care of me. But... There is a difference when I can tell I've asked her to do something and there's this, this delight that comes upon her like, okay, yeah, let me do, okay, mommy, it's time to brush your teeth. Okay, mommy, like she's excited to do it because she knows that I love her and that's going to please me if she does that. That's our response as children of God to the father when he asks us, don't return evil for evil. Okay, daddy. Because if, that if that's what's going to put a smile on your face today, I want to do it because I know how much you love me. I'm excited to do something different than the way I would have done it in the past before I knew you, when I was lost, when I was desperate, when I was hurting, and you came in and you rescued me and you saved me. Yes, let me obey you. So how do we, come those, we become those kind of people that delight in the law? And it's, the answer is through the gospel. I'm going to give you three points. We're going to go through them pretty quickly this morning. I'm not going to take too much of our, our time. I think we're getting the point. The way we learn to be people that delight in God's law is through the gospel. Number one, through the gospel, we become aware of our disobedience to God's law. We've already established that point. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23, one of the first scriptures we ever get talked to when we get saved. We've all established that all of us are sinners in need of a savior. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 10, it says this, but those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under his curse. For the scripture says, cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all. All, I feel like all should be like underlined and bolded all the commands because some of them are like well I don't do this and I don't do that and I do this and I do that you know I'm a good person it's like yeah but did you realize you were just showing how prideful you were because you're so proud of all the rules that you kept all the commands that are written in God's book of the law if we don't obey them all we're under a curse so number two point is through the gospel, we are freed from the curse of the law. I love this part. Jesus has both atoned for our imperfections and attained our perfection through his work on the cross. Did you know it wasn't, I don't know if it was the iPhone or the Snapchat people or the some other you know, Instagram or whatever that create these filters so that we can look good in all of our pictures that we post online so we can pretend and perform for everybody on our social media feed that we look perfect. They weren't the inventors of the filter, okay, to make us look perfect. Did you know God was the inventor of the filter? And every time, because of what Jesus did on the cross... He provided the filter between heaven and earth. And every time God looks down at us, he sees us through the filter of the cross. What a great uh, revelation that every time God looks at you, 
He sees you as perfect. He's seeing you through the filter of the cross that makes you and me perfect. And by his resurrection, he freed us forever to live for him. And we're no longer under the judgment of the law. Romans 6, 14 says, sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. I'm picturing the law as being this big, heavy thing that we're always trying to keep uh, lifted up and, until it crushes us under the weight. And all of a sudden, it, that has been lifted off of us because of what Jesus did for you and has been replaced with this filter that makes us look perfect to God. It's like what, when JR was preaching, Pastor JR was preaching, he talked about if you picture God's face and picture him looking at you, and if you picture his face having any other look on it other than one that is pleased, is that how you said it? Then you have a wrong picture of God. Because he's seeing us through the filter of the cross. We've been perfected because of it, of the cross. And here's Romans chapter 5, verse 5, that I mentioned earlier this morning when I got started. It says, and this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us. And because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Because God loved us, He's poured into our hearts his own capacity to love and delight in him. Let me slow down here for just a second. He's given us the capacity to love with his kind of love. Well, I can't forgive that person for what they did to me. And it might be horrific what was done to you. But did you know God loves everybody? He does. And he has literally given us the capacity to love and to forgive the way he would love and forgive. But not only that, it's not just about others, but now we have the ability to love him the way he loves us. That's why we come together and we worship God so passionately because it's like it's a response to his love for us. It's like I can't help but give it back to him. I want to, when we pray, God, I want to love you the way you love me. You can. He has given you the capacity to love him and delight in his law the same way he does. John chapter 17, verse 26 says, I showed, this is Jesus talking, okay? This is what he prayed for us. He's preparing the disciples to let them know, like, I'm getting ready to leave this earth. This is about to happen to me, so I think we need to listen up to what those words were because they were going to be very important. He says, I showed them what you are like, Jesus praying, talking to God. He says, I showed them all what you're like, and I will show them again. He's about to go to the cross. He's going to show them even more, explain even more of God's love, and then they will have the same love that you have for me, and I will live in them, talking about the Holy Spirit living in us. But he says, I, they will have the same love that you have for me. We can, love, we can love God the same way he loves us. A real Christian obeys God's law. Then, not out of obligation or duty, but out of delight and out of love. For, the, for love is the fulfillment of the law. 
That's the bottom line, is that love is the fulfillment of the law. Romans chapter 13, verse 10, it says, love does no wrong to others, so love fulfills the requirements of the law. What did the disciples, or it wasn't even the disciples, they asked Jesus, what's the most important commandment? And he said, to love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And the second, it's pretty much just as important, and that's to love others as you love yourself. Love is the fulfillment, because he knew love would be the fulfillment of the law. If we would love God and love people, we'd fulfill the law, meaning we'd obey the commands. Like everything, everything, all the laws, all the rules, everything falls under that category. If we just love God and love people, like he broke it down and he simplified it for us. I know there was hundreds of these laws written in the Old Testament times, but I'm telling you right now, if you'll love God with all your heart, like he didn't say just kind of love God. No, he said, love him with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, everything that's in you and love people as you love yourself, oh, you'll be fine. You don't need to worry about the details of all the laws and memorizing all of them and all that. You will have fulfilled the law. I'm going to get ready to close this morning. I just have one scripture left that I want to read this morning. It's in John chapter 14, verses 15 through 17. It says this. It says, if you love me, obey my commands. And I'll ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it's, it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him. Because he lives with you, meaning he's the same as you see me. I'm Jesus. Holy Spirit is me. And now he's not going to just be with you, but because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Now he's going to live in you. I'm going to live in you. This verse 15, when I first got saved, kind of hung me up a little bit. Because it felt kind of like a commandment. And I was like, God, we're... Basically, it felt, I felt pressure again. Like, if you love me, obey my commands. Like, if you love me, prove it to me by doing what I say. It felt like a challenge for some reason. Like, he was challenging me. And not in the, the loving kind of way of like, I want you to be a better person. You know, I want to help you, so obey me. It was more of like, you know, it felt like um, condemnation almost. Like, if I don't measure up, if I don't obey him all the time, every time, maybe that means I don't love him. And the only way I'm going to know you love me, girl, is if you do what I say. <laughs> and I was like, this, this little rule breaker girl, or rule follower girl, this little perfectionist girl was all of a sudden hit with that heaviness again. I felt like I was holding up the big heavy thing again of like, the only way Jesus is going to know I love him is if I do everything he says, so I've got to be perfect. I, maybe that's not your tendency, but that was mine. That was like my default setting of like, be perfect or you won't be accepted. And here, this man, Jesus, that was so attractive to me because I heard that he loved me no matter what I did, whether it was good or bad, wrong or indifferent. He always loved me, whether I was 
you know, I was told he loves you just the same as when you're in the middle of your sin as when you're, you know, in church being perfect, lifting your hands for Jesus, worshiping him. Like, I thought we had that all clear, God, and now I'm, I'm reading this and I don't understand. And then see, this is why. Let me just say that this is why we need to be a part of a church. This is why we need pastors and teachers and people that God has called and anointed to teach us and um, preach to us and help us understand the word of God because it finally took someone, a teacher, to get up and talk about this scripture to where I fully understood the heart behind it. He wasn't trying to, Jesus wasn't trying to put pressure on us to perform. Jesus was trying to, sorry, I was a little distracted there. Jesus wasn't trying to put pressure on us to perform. He wasn't saying like, here's the formula, do what I say, and that means you love me. This equals this. He was really just saying it more like a, I heard Dr. John say this, so I'm going to say it too. It was more of a, this, this statement is more of a uh, cause and effect. Like, if you love me, you'll automatically do my commands. You'll obey me. It's the same way with your child. When they love you, you know what I mean? Like, they want to please you. They want to, generally speaking. (laughs) Kids are still getting their minds renewed, okay? But, and so are we. And he knew that about us. But I love this. Now, what a scripture that used to kind of hang me up was, is, is something that um, I love to preach and I love to declare. Like, I love you, so I keep your commandments. Maybe we should have written it that way. I love you, so I obey you. It's not about um, do this so you can prove your love to me. It's all about you will do this out of just an automatic reaction, an automatic response to my love for you. I, I say this all the time and Really, it's because I heard Joyce Meyer say it, but it, it really stuck with me. Like, if we could really understand, if we could really, truly grasp and understand the way God loves us, we'd never have a problem really again in the sense of, because nothing else would matter. Like, the things that we make so big in our lives, it's like, God loves me, so he's got me covered. It's going to be okay because God loves me. And when you understand a love like that, like, honestly, I felt like growing up, I was, like I said, I was the rule follower, so I was a pretty good kid. I didn't get into a lot of trouble, and I got saved young in my life, praise God. And so I avoided a lot of the pitfalls that I could have fallen into, but I recognized that it had nothing to do with me. God spared me. He saved me so that I could avoid a lot of those pitfalls, a lot of those dangers, a lot of those trials, a lot of those difficulties that come. If we love him, you know, it all boils down to sonship, like Minister Atira was talking about a few weeks ago. It all boils down to relationship. God's like, I don't want to have a religion with you. And I don't want to have a people of robots that just obey me because that's what they're supposed to do or because I've programmed, that, pro- programmed them that way. 
I want to be loved, and in turn, I want to love them. Relationship. Let's stand to our feet this morning. We're going to get ready to close out. He wants to have a relationship with us. You know, relationship is about connection. We've talked about that. And the problem is, it's another thing I heard recently in describing this this passage and what relationship, true relationship with God looks like. True acceptance of the gospel in our lives means accepting a relationship with him. Too often we tend to do what religion requires, which is we do all the steps. We're obedient, following all the rules to eventually get to the love of God. And relationship is like understanding that we're loved and then out of that flows obedience. Does that make sense? The person I heard say it said it a lot better than I did just now, but the point being, the love part comes first and the obedience part is a natural outflow of love I don't know about you I hope you love your spouse I I love my spouse I love my husband and it's not very often that he asks things of me he's a pretty you know he's like the typical guy pretty independent guy he'll do most things for himself you know so when he comes to me and asks me to do something There's a part in me that kind of lights up and gets excited to do something for him because he's done so much for me. He's always looking out for me and our daughter. He, he, to the point of like, okay, stop, that's enough, you know? And I remember before I met Lionel that God was going to, he promised me that um, I'd been through a very difficult breakup and divorce And I remember God promising me that, like, this next relationship that I have for you, he said, I'm going to show you what true love really is. And I feel that every day with my husband because he, the Lord really did answer that cry in my heart to be truly loved by someone. And the way I know it is because of the things that he does for me on a constant basis by the way that he treats me. And because he loves me so well, when he asks something of me, I get excited to do it for him. It's the same way with God. God, our Father, has done so much that we could never repay. So when he asks us to do something, like I said before, don't repay that evil with evil. Love that person. Love covers. Don't, you don't need to go around exposing that. All the things that forgive, forgive them. asking a lot oh I know you you know that juicy information don't go around gossiping don't tell anybody about that but instead of being bothered when we have a relationship with him and an understanding of his love for us there's an excitement that comes in like here's my opportunity I get to obey God maybe that sounds silly to you but it's true Here's my opportunity to do something for him. 
He's done so much for me. And God's like, this is what I'm talking about. The law leads us to the gospel and the gospel frees us to do the law with delight and not out of duty. Amen. Amen. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast. <laughs>